Welcome to your freshman year at the Tragedy Academy, where you are the teacher and we are the students. And together, we will learn from past tragedy to lay the foundation for a better humanity. The only supplies you'll need, an open mind and a sense of humor. So, tilt that chair back, talk at a turn, and never raise your hand. Because this is the Tragedy Academy and class is in session. Non purist scholar. Welcome to the Tragedy Academy, a show created to bridge societal divides in a judgment-free zone using candor and humor. My name is Jay, and today I am actually joined by Jazz Brown of the uh, Just Jazz YouTube channel, Facing Adversity, one interview at a time, and also the podcast. How are you doing today, Jazz? I am amazing. How are you? I am amazing as well. I like amazing. Amazing isn't a standard response. It's it usually throws people off when I say amazing, and they either don't want to talk to me, which is the hope, or they want to know more. <laughs> See, I love that because. So, are you using that as a as a BS filter? I mean, no. I mean, if most of the time I am amazing, or I feel amazing, but if I'm not feeling it, I'll just say I'm not feeling it. It depends on. So, candor, candor is your go-to. Exactly. Be be upfront about it. I I like that. I like that. Uh, a lot of people don't, um, they give a canned answer for everything. And that's just so disingenuous and it doesn't allow people to commune in the issues that they all have. Good days exactly. and bad days. Good days and bad days. So you have a, you have a podcast and uh, yes. a YouTube channel. Um, uh -huh. how, how does that, how does that come about? What is, tell me about jazz. That's a loaded question. Sarah. It is, isn't it? Super loaded. Uh, which part do you want to know? So Are for me, uh, what I would what I would say is it looks from from the time that I spent on your channel and, and listening, I saw that you utilize your authenticity and position to empower other people to come forward. And I like that. And Thank I also you. love that it it seems like you love dark humor, which is right up my oh, alley. Yes. Take away the power. So yes. would that sound pretty accurate? Oh, it is a hundred percent accurate. It is so bad with my dark humor. Like, I have to keep myself in check to make sure I don't say something too dark because people will be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And I'm like, a lot. Again, a loaded question. You know, it's it's funny you say that because everybody's got different reasons that they're shy, different reasons that they have filters for different things. And one of mine for the longest time was... Um, was being able to express dark humor and jokes and things like that of that nature. I mean, in the army, I did whatever, but afterwards, you, you just you tend to hide that kind of stuff because you don't know what society is going to take you as. And since I started this show, that actually gave me a voice and allowed me to say more things, less filters. Fuck it, don't care. Yes. But still, you can still make a difference. You don't have to do the dance in order to play the game. Exactly. Exactly. But to kind of tell you about myself, really, uh, I guess I always say <clears throat> it all started on November 13th, 1991, on a Wednesday at 4.30 in the morning. That is when I popped out. Uh, little old me. Welcome, so, Jazz. Yes. So I popped out, I assume. And um, <laughs> we gonna go, we gonna go. And this is the part that gets a little shaky that people don't, that I don't know. I was either in the hospital for like three days or, no, I'm sorry. I was either at home for three days or like a couple weeks. 
and I got sick and had to go back into the hospital. And my mother was 16 when she had me, by the way, already had another kid. And when uh, she found out all the medical issues that I had, she kind of left. And I lived in the hospital for two years because I needed a breathing, uh, uh, a trach and all this other stuff. And I guess she couldn't handle it. I'm not quite sure. So I spent two years in the hospital, which is really unusual, I feel. So it is. It's almost like uh, up to a certain age, it's like you have a different family you have a different exactly. you know, paternal and maternal bond with with probably everybody this is fascinating not it's very sad it's uh-huh. a horrible situation but at the same time i can see the benefit of having so many people that care because if they kept you there that meant that they really cared exactly and also i was because it had been so long i was put in the foster care system and but they didn't have a place for me because i had a breathing machine and all this stuff so Probably when I was two and a half or whatever, they had built a medical group home. And I was going to be their first resident. And what happened was, during my two-year stay, there was a respiratory therapist there named Regina that would take care of me. And long story short, when she found out I was going to go into the system, she became a foster parent. So I wouldn't have to be in the system. What an amazing human. She... She and her husband, shout out to Ernest, my dad, he, um, they took me in. They already had three kids that were in their late teens, early 20s. So here I come. I was spoiled. Oh, my God, I was spoiled. But without them, I would have gone into a group home. And so years progressed. Uh, I turned like seven or eight, and they could no longer keep me. Because they wanted to move to a different state. And they wanted to take me with them. But my biological mother decided to come back in the picture. And she wanted me. It's a whole. That's another song and dance for another day. But in that time that I lived with her, I had a nurse by the name of Gwen. Gwen actually adopted me. So the nurse that was taking care of me in my foster parents' home, Gwen took me in. And she wound up adopting me. A few, uh, like five years later, I lived with her, but she adopted me and it's been great ever since. So that's the shortened version. Hospital adopted by respiratory therapist, hospital staff member, get adopted by one of my home care nurses. That's, that's a, that's a roller coaster ride to start out life on. It, it, was different but i will never forget so my first foster family we are very huggy type people i love giving hugs as i get older and as the world gets crazier don't touch me but uh when i went to my new foster home my eventual adopted home uh, i went up to gwen and i said can i have a hug and she doesn't mind hugging people but she's just not huggy she doesn't like go out and I said, she said, why? Accidentally. And apparently I told her because I'm eight. And she said. <laughs> you guilted her? Yes. <laughs> I love it. Because I'm eight. <laughs> and she said, that's a good reason. And she gave me a hug. And she kind of told me. She's like, honey, I love you. 
I'm not a huggy person. So you have to tell me when you want a hug and you want affection. What awareness. Yeah. What awareness. She's like, right. She's like, I'll give it to you. And I'm like, great. So I would tell her when I needed a hug. I would tell her when I wanted to cuddle. And even now at my old age, I'm like, well, I need a hug. She's like, great. But now it's just because I'm pushing 30. She's like, really? You still need a hug? So now I give her a week warning. I'm like, okay, I want a hug next Saturday. And she's Aww. like, okay, I'll prepare. And it's just a <laughs> running joke. You know what? I, I I see what you're doing here. Mm-hmm. I see what you're doing here. You're, mm-hmm. You you have a heart of gold. You have a heart of gold. And when you get to people, you don't want them to leave upset. You want to change that mindset and make them happy at any chance you get. Am I right? Yes. I don't think I make her happy. I don't think hey, she's do. unhappy. But I'm, she, she loves she that me. hug. She loves that hug. I bet, you, I bet you if you asked her, that week that she was waiting for that hug, as much as she said she didn't, she loved it. You made it special. I'm sure she did. But here's the thing. So my mom's a pediatric nurse and a foster parent. So when it comes to babies and everything, oh, they get all the love. There is no questions <laughs> asked. And I said, what about me? She's like, you are a grown-ass woman. What is wrong with you? They are babies. And I'm like, this is true. Ah, but you know what? I, I, I right. s- Screw that. I think right. humans should have contact and bonds with each other in that way. That's what we're made to do. Why is it that at a certain age we're not allowed to be bonded with uh, the you know the other people around us? It doesn't Hi. make sense. Like I said, she's very loving. She will give you a hug. It might it might be begrudgingly, to, but she will give you a hug. And she is a really good hugger. And I'm like, for someone who's not a fan of this, you're really good at it. Well, you know, it's it, I, I like I said, I think you made it special for. Her. I think that's so, yeah. what you did. Thank you. So that's kind of like my background. And so if you don't mind me asking, the um, yes. you were in the hospital. What What is the uh, condition that, that put you into the hospital? I don't know. I know I had trouble breathing. So I'm going to show you. I have a breathing tube. I won't get too much into it because people get grossed out. But it is in my neck. And uh, it looks, looks cool to me. Right, right. So it has like a cap. That's purple. I want different colors. Dude, I would be doing all sorts of novelty shit with that if I had it, just so you know. Yes. If I have to if I have to be in that situation, I would have a pinwheel on it. I would have all sorts of stuff. I would put bow ties on it. I would do anything to screw with people. Yes. (laughs) Oh, it's so Did I just um, give you ideas? You have. So I'm gonna go home tonight and I'm gonna tell my mama, like, we need to make this happen. Like, drop everything you're doing. We need to make this happen. (laughs) I so, love it. Yeah, I had that. I also have dwarfism, which really has nothing to do with like a medical condition. It's just a condition, mm-hmm. but it's not, it doesn't inhibit anything. So the two aren't connected. Breathing. The breathing They're issue not, is not connected to the dwarfism. No. God right. made me extremely unique. So here's the thing. I There are 200 types of dwarfism, and I have the most common type, which is called achondroplasia. But most people with this dwarfism are four feet tall. I'm only two feet, nine inches tall. So uh, oh, Okay, hold on a minute, hold on a minute. Two feet, nine inches tall. Yes, sir. What is the world like for somebody at two feet, nine inches tall? That is, I mean, I, I just asked you a, another loaded question with so many different answers, but that's got to come with a whole set of, of life skills that... Somebody over a certain height would never even begin to imagine. So 
there are a lot of step stools and back scratchers in my house. <laughs> step stools and back scratchers are so that I can reach and turn lights on and off. So between back scratchers, uh, uh, step stools, and wired hangers, we're good to go. And I do have a, an electric wheelchair that I use, and that also elevates up and down as well. It's really good for bar scenes. So be like, that is so cool. You get a free drink just because your chair elevates, and we've never seen that before. <laughs> so you have a scissor lift on your chair. I love exactly. that. Exactly. You get to get, do you do that to people when they're not listening to you? Do you just kind of raise it up a little bit? And... No, I just ride away. <laughs> no, I'm not like, but yeah. Um, so there's that. I suppose I never thought of anything as a challenge because I was never treated like it was a challenge so like or i'll say this my mom my adopted mom when she's like it will be challenging but we will find a way around it and when i'm no longer here you'll figure out a way around it so if it weren't for her encouraging me to find a way i know for a fact i wouldn't be where i am today so so you would you say much. that she's one of the most influential people please tell her thank you i will she and to give you a diff the only difficulty I have, like to me, I forget that I'm two feet. So I should not be saying some of the shit that I say. Uh, thank God I have a taser now to help me. But uh, <laughs> who messes I, with you? Is somebody really messing with you? Yeah, yeah. Why? I, I, before the COVID, I would go to New York twice a month for YouTube stuff. And I come home, my mom's like, You travel a lot. Here's a taser. I bought it for you. So. I had a guy try to spit my face in the elevator this past Monday because I told him I didn't want him in the elevator with me if he wasn't wearing a mask. I had just gotten fully vaccinated this past Monday. I'm done. Could, could he and not still, see that you had a trait that kind of bypasses half of the things that, you know, that's that's a that's an opening in your airway, for God's sakes. Uh, I mean, it's covered, and the purple thing caps it, so it's not an issue. I don't even care. It's more of, this may sound extreme, if you are not wearing a mask right now, I think you are an asshole. So, <laughs> I don't care what anyone says. No, I... I tend to agree with you. Um, and, and reason being I've taken, you know, we don't, we don't discuss too much politics or anything like that, okay. but, but That's all I'll say. What, what I do say is, you know, what, what I would say for myself, if I remove the need of whether or not I need to wear a mask, if I just take that out of the picture and I see another human standing in front of me or a large group of humans that are scared to death for their life. And the only difference between them being scared to death, and feeling much better in this time is putting a piece of paper over my mouth. I'm good with that. That's called just common decency. Exactly. So the guy tried to spit my face. And you, this goes back to I forget that I'm short. I forget that I have disabilities. I pulled out my taser and flashed it. I said, do it. I want you to. Do it. And he's like, I was just playing. And I'm like, fuck you. So I get out the elevator in the uh, train station to go back to my house. And there are cops there. They all know me. And I'm like, get him. And I told them what he had done. And they arrested him because apparently he's a menace. And they just never caught him in the act. Well, there you go. So you served, uh, you you protected and served. You were like an honorary mm -hmm. police officer in the moment. Mm -hmm. Exactly, exactly. Like, don't give me a badge. Don't, like, I'm too psychotic. But. Yes, it's, I agree. So, um, and the last thing I'll say about challenges. So I do walk, uh, 
My only real issue is that my head is at everyone's butt. So I cannot <laughs> tell you the amount of flatulence that I have smelt from other people. <laughs> it is the worst. And like one time this guy farted, we get off the elevator and I'm with my mom and I'm like, I'm going to throw up. She's like, why? I'm like, something died in that guy's body behind me. And it just came out. Oh, see, at that height, that's dangerous. See, you could you could have your mouth open and be like, oh. you know, that's exactly. not good. That's just not good. I, I can't even imagine being at that. You could get pink eye. You get all sorts of shit. Good thing you wear glasses. So here's the thing. My doctor said I'm supposed to be one of the sickest patients. I'm like one of his, her healthiest, sickest patients. And that's because my mom's a nurse and I take all my vitamins and I'm not playing that. So well, there you I go. Got, I never got pink eye or anything crazy, but. Uh, it happens. I've, I've had it before when I was a kid. I think everybody gets it once or twice, but. Um, or most yeah, kids, <laughs> but I played in the dirt, so that, that's kind of par for the course. I mean, so did I, but I was kind of dainty about it. But yeah, uh, so that's those are my challenges: reaching things and smelling flatulence, which is a really big problem. <laughs> reaching things and farts. Gotcha. Yes, that's yes. that's uh, that's that's the name of my new punk band. Um, reaching, reaching things and farts. Things and, I like it. <laughs> yeah, we'll what have to it? we'll have to set that up. Of course. <laughs> um, yeah. So your YouTube channel, uh -huh. you you created something super unique. Um, the way that you approach things, the way that you talk to people. You want to tell us what uh you know what it's about, what brought you to uh to creating the channel, aside from this fantastically uh, interesting story that you have growing up. And again, I, I want to, I know we joke around a lot, but I want to say that um, I admire you for your candor and your authenticity. And if, to be quite honest, and, and I say that because not because you're different than anybody else, but because you're able to stick a middle finger up at what people think that, you know, anybody's supposed to be because there is no such thing. And oh. I, I, I should say really quick, sorry to interrupt. I have so many stories to tell you of people underestimating me and me just being an asshole and just doing stuff. I cannot wait to tell you later on. So, yes. so no, no, let's, let's ask that question because that's actually one of the things I wanted to ask you about. What would you say was your worst um, hurdle or, or thing that you had to overcome in the last five years? Uh, depression and anxiety and self-image. So my foster mom that I told you about, who took me in um, from the hospital, she actually passed away unexpectedly mm. five years ago. And like she was my first mom, it's lucky to say first mom, like my attachment. And that really hurt me. And I think with some of the emotions that I've had towards my biological family and how I wasn't treated the best. I've learned when you don't deal with your issues or at least acknowledge them, they come back and bite you in the ass. They'll come back and manifest in different ways. So her dying and me not acknowledging that I had issues manifested. I gained a whole lot of weight. I mean, I've always been chubby, but I was like morbidly obese. Uh, I stopped showering. I stopped taking my medication. And it was just, I hated myself. So self-worth is my biggest hurdle. Uh, I, I know, now that I know, I know I'm beautiful. I know I don't look like everybody else. But I also know that 
until I say I'm beautiful, no one else is going to believe it. They still might not think I'm beautiful, but I will carry an aura on me of confidence. And I've noticed that since then, because I'm confident and I look confident, no one really notices that I have a disability. No one really, that I'm in a chair. I mean, of course, you I get love your assholes. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And, you know, it's, I would, I would challenge, see, for myself, I, I, I think over the last year or so, I, I'm pretty open about it. Uh, I've been, you know, I took on meditation for a year and a half. I've been doing that and fighting my own, you know, anxiety, depression, and other uh, mental illnesses that I have. And I think one of the things that came out of that, you know, fighting those, those items, you, you start to realize after you meditate for a while that um, all of the things that you discussed, you know, that manifest themselves from behind or from over time or from your childhood. Um, I, I, I try to liken it to walking through life. If I had a, uh, a pillowcase and everything bad that happened to me was shit. And if I picked up that shit and I dropped it in the pillowcase and I threw it over my shoulder and kept walking every single day of my life, at what point does everything not smell like shit? Because yeah, I have a giant sack of it. Yeah. And I've, I, I, I think the, the message here is that everybody is. That self-worth, that self-image, I can tell you. I had body dysmorphia my whole childhood and into my adulthood. Uh, still don't even want to do TikTok videos yet, right? What? Don't want to do it. Why? Because self-image. It's things that I have to work through. And what I've learned is that the more authentic I become, because what people don't realize is they're not being authentic. when uh -huh. Even when they're depressed or anxious or those things, the reason why they are depressed, anxious, or anything else is because they're not being who they're naturally intended to be. If you're supposed to be loud, you're supposed to be jumping around, you're supposed to be smiling, you're supposed to be you know, make people's days, then that's what you're supposed to be doing. And the moment you don't exactly. do it, it's the moment you shut down. To be yes. inauthentic is a slap in the face of your God or your reality because you were yes. made that way. I heard that when you were talking to uh, Eric on his uh, and I said, I agree 100%. It took a long time to figure that out. One of my biggest things was my laugh. And just to give you examples, my laugh is ridiculous. Like I scream laugh, I cackle. I the want whole to hear it. <laughs> I'm laughing because you asked to hear it, but that's not it. No, it gets way. I was about to say. Yeah, that's weak. That's weak. I got it. It's got to yeah, be something good. I was going to say that. I'm like, that's a pretty weak laugh. No. What are you talking about? But that that said, uh, one of the first comments we got on one of our ads was, oh my God, I can't get past that laugh. <laughs> My goal so, for the rest of this podcast is, is to, get to get me to laugh, you to cackle. Oh, you can, you can. Trust me, it's easy because I try to live as happy as I possibly can now. Um, you know, and I try not to let things bring me backwards because there's no reason. There's no reason exactly. it doesn't exist unless it's in my face right now. It has no existence. What we've been convinced of over time is that we have something to worry about and something to fear from our past, but it's not here. Exactly. Oh, I like that. Ooh. <laughs> I like the I like the pillow and shit analogy. I do. Awesome. Okay, sorry. Just yeah, hey, I mean, everybody needs a pillowcase of shit. It, it just unfortunately, mine was like you know that that mattress, you know the the sheet that you can't get on the the, the bed correctly, the one with the bonus oh corners. Oh my god, I hate that one. Yeah, 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 that one. Uh, unfortunately, I have like one of those hanging off my shoulder at one point. It was full of so much. It wasn't even a pillowcase. Um, now, I was going to ask you a question. So when I was in high school, I learned, our teacher said, what we see, what we physically see when we look at the mirror is not what everybody else 
sees. So I have a question for you, and I'll even and I'll knock it down. When you look at yourself in the mirror, what do you actually see? And I'll tell you if that's what I see. I see a guy with glasses and blue eyes and a really cool beard, like a which kind of get gray kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But and like a slick back. That's what I see. What do you see when you look at yourself in the mirror? Ah, that's a great question because I'm not going to see anything but flaws. Um, I think that's what most of us do until we find out that there's nothing to be flawed to begin with and that everything's perfect the way it is. But me, when I look in the mirror, I can honestly say that the first thing that I would key in on is everything that I've been told was not good enough throughout my life and what I repeated in my mind since then. And I think that's what a lot of people do. Well, okay, I'll make it simpler. When you look in the mirror, what does your beard look like to you? Oh, my beard is cool. I like it. It says that I don't have to shave anymore. That's what I like about my beard. I don't give a fuck about anything else. It says that I don't have to waste time scraping a piece of metal down my grill anymore. Yes. Okay. Okay. Just curious. All right. So. Uh, so what? Now uh, I, I'm going to return the question. When you look in the mirror, who do you see? So I see somebody with high cheekbones. I see someone that has a really flat nose. Uh, I see that I have two holes up here. That's from surgery. And my eyebrows could be... Oh, you got dimples up top. That's super cool. That's unique. Dimples? Yeah, you got dimples on your forehead. You said you've got two dots. Instead of here, they're here. And it accentuates when you smile. There you go. So what do I see? I see happiness. I see hope. I see somebody that changes a room when they walk into it. That's when I looked at your videos, the first thing I thought was I'm happy. Thank you. Oh, that's not, I'm so happy that you're happy. Because that's what I want. All I want to do is make people happy. I was so unhappy for so long. I'm never going to be able to cure, like, everything. But just knowing that I can make you happy for, like, five seconds of your day, maybe I change somebody's life. I know what it's like to be so depressed you want to end your life. And I never want anyone else to feel that way like, if you feel like you're going to hurt yourself, chances are when I leave, you still might feel that way. But during the time that you and I are together, I want you to be happy. And you know, hopefully that, by, yeah. yeah. No, that, that rings, uh, that rings very true. Um, I, I, we don't, we didn't talk about it. I don't think any on the show, um, or maybe in the very beginning, I had a, uh, a very, a very good friend that, uh, committed suicide, um, mm. not long before we started the show. And one of the things that, um, you know, of course it killed me because I felt like, you know, I had failed him as a friend. Um, in fact, I was supposed to see him the week before, but we both canceled. He had, uh, had to go somewhere else. Um, did you and, know he was unhappy? Yes. Okay. I'd known it my entire time that we were friends and that was the okay. problem. And we were both had unhappy situations that we had been in, you know, our entire lives. So you can only take on so much from another person um, at different points in your life. Um, I didn't know the degree. Um, he had moved mm-hmm. away. So he had uh, moved away for a couple of years. So I was, he was, you know, he was going to live with my wife and I. Um, and I, I say all this because um, it's, I don't, I think people are lying when they say that they don't think about it. Well, they don't think about killing what? themselves. I think that they're lying. Exactly. I think that it's been given such a horrible stigma to the point that you can be put away for it so that you're never going to, who are you going to tell that you want to commit suicide if the answer is a padded room? Nobody <laughs> nobody wants to say they're suicidal. Why would maybe, you? Maybe you're looking at the padded room wrong. Exactly. It should be a place. It shouldn't be a padded room. It should be somewhere that's inviting 
to find out why you even feel that way to begin with. Not. I will, can I say this? I think even though I was suicidal, I still think it was extremely self-centered act. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay with being comfortable with saying you were being extremely selfish. You 100%. have so much to give. You have so many people that love you. And to take yourself out of the equation because you're not happy, I think is selfish. However, I understand that not everyone has access to help. Not everyone, just because it's selfish doesn't mean I don't understand. It doesn't mean I don't have empathy. I just pray that you're able to get the same help that I receive. And I continue to receive. I see a therapist now, and she has changed my life. Uh, my mom recommended, try to find a black female therapist. <laughs> That's mine. My my psych is black, is a black female, and I love her with all my heart. Weird. And it's weird. You said psychic? Uh, no, no, no. Uh, she's my uh, my neuropsych. Oh, okay. There, see, and it has nothing to do with what it has to do with. There are certain things I don't have to explain to her. She already knows because she's a black woman. There's certain cultural cultural norms and things that to like a white person I'd have to explain, but she just gets it, and she gets being black. We understand the culture, so there's a whole lot time that's not wasted, and I'm just able to get right in. And there's nothing wrong with a uh, therapist of any other race, but for me. So the, the advice would be be comfortable with who you choose. Yes, and for me, having a black therapist is good. She gets everything. I, my uh, Mine is black just because she's black. I didn't, uh, I didn't choose her for that reason. However, right. I have found, um, and I, I think I talked about this when uh, Topanga was on, that I, I found that empathy is, I'm, I'm going to tick off white people eventually, um, but I find that empathy and understanding is a lot more prevalent in um, other ethnicities than it is with the common white family. Um, and that, I would agree. Yeah, and that in most of my life, uh, mo- most of my friends have been someone from adversity, be it gay, be it a different race, be it discriminated for disabilities or whatever it might be, because those people have found it at some point that, fuck it. And then at that point, they became the most lovable person in the world. Are you the... Are you the token white dude in your group? <laughs> Every person I think of Eric's laughing. Andre's laughing. Has a token white person. It's to help so we don't get pulled over. I know. There's I know. a lot of. Things. I know my role. I, yes, I, I, I know how to say officer and excuse me and, you know, and just good. let him play the game and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, no, um, I am. I, I do find myself in that situation a lot. Um, yes. I do also find myself in the situation where I don't know that there's a difference um, a lot. Like it, it, I when I describe people or I say my friends. So here's the example. You said, am I the only white person? This is funny because now I'm talking about two shows in a row um, or right around it, uh, two and a half shows ago, I think, uh, Topanga um, is from Chicago. I used to live in Chicago. She's a fan of ours. Um, you have and- a Topanga? Like from Boy Meets World? Yes, yes, yes. yes. Okay. We were talking about, um, you know, race and she loves heavy metal um and stuff like that and how she grew up on the south side and those types of things and yes i do have friends from from all different races and just like six months ago i was at a a wedding in chicago with one of my my brother i call him my brother but um he's my friend uh andre and he was i was the only white person out of a hundred person wedding um and i was one of the groomsmen one of the 13 13 groomsmen it was a beautiful wedding beautiful wedding but yeah i tend to be i tend to be the token white dude a lot um the token gay guy the token whatever it is you know in every situation i'm i'm the one that that generally is in tow see we need people like you thank you for your service
<laughs> as a token white dude. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I'm here. I'm here for you. I am here for you. Use my card anytime you like. I'll put it out there. I'll laminate it for you. Just wipe it off and I'll hand it to the next person. I don't care because I don't I didn't do anything to deserve it. All I was was be, born. See, I'll do next time I'll be like, see, don't mess with me. I know Jay. And they'll be like, who the fuck is Jay? I'm like, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's Jay from the TTA. You better watch yourself, motherfucker. <laughs> yes. And they'll be like, from a, they'll be like, from a podcast? What's wrong with you? I'll be like, oh, no. He's going to beat you, you with a mic. <laughs> yes. I will run you over with my wheelchair. It's 300 pounds plus 100 pounds. So we got 400 pounds going right here. Oh, man, dude, I would not want to get run over by a wheelchair. That does not, especially the motorized ones. I broke my foot over because I tried to poke it outside the chair and I just started screaming. And my mom's like, what are you? She's like, you're so weird. I don't even question it anymore. Attention academics, welcome to study hall. If you want to hear more from today's guest, go to YouTube and search Jazz Brown. That's J-A-Z-B-R-O-W-N on YouTube.com or on our site, thetragedyacademy.com and follow the link in the show notes. Now, get back to class. My wife stopped asking me questions about what I'm running around the house doing a long time ago. She doesn't even, she doesn't even acknowledge it half the time, which I don't know if that's good or bad. Like, she just expects it. I'm like, hey, honey, look, I'm doing something stupid. And she's like, yep, you're doing something stupid. Can I tell you? <laughs> Really quick, when I was, this was maybe two years ago, I had sushi, I went out, I went from, and then I went to a bar with some friends, got really bad food poisoning, threw up the whole way home. Like, I would have to stop at each trash can on the way. To, oh, no. And then I threw up all over myself on the train. So I get to my house. I have on a nice dress. I just take the dress off because it's nighttime. No one sees me. And I just throw it in the trash. I walk in my house in my bra and underwear, nothing else, and, and sandals. And my mom's like, do I even want to know? Like, I'm not even going to question it. <laughs> That's where we are right now. I'm like, I had food poisoning. This isn't one of my weird things. She's like, oh. But just, that's the level we are I'm testing. Right? I'm testing out new room intros. What do you think, yes. Mom? This is a yes. new one. Let me try this, and then I'm going to yes. go back out, and we'll try another one. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, I am half naked, and I walk into the house, and you don't even care. She's like, there had to be a reason. So... Would you say that everything, all of this is kind of like like a calling, the show, all of that, something that you are supposed to be doing? Yes. Like, uh, so my foster father, he doesn't, he's like, don't call me a foster father. I've had you for too long. I am your father. I would so, concur with that. Oh, and so he, he gave you like a Darth Vader? Yes. <laughs> he assumed, he's like, I am your father. And I said, I called him, uh, what did I call him? I said, thank you, uh, James Earl Jones. And he thought it was funny. So he <laughs> said, you need to write down all of these things that happened to you because it's going to get to a point where this is going to be your shtick. I'm like, it's not a shtick. It's true life. He's like, exactly. So I have tons of stories of just shit that's happened to me. Mostly good, a few bad. I have one woman in California. I was at a CVS and she asked me, did I have a CVS card? 
I said, no, we just take my telephone number. And she said, okay, what's your telephone number? I give her my area code. She's like, what area code is that? I said, Pennsylvania. Next question, who lives there? And I said, me. And she's like, oh, that makes sense. And just rinse it up. And I'm like, what is... (laughs) Yeah, people, I I think... So I, I, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to throw something out there and I, I'm not sure if you would agree or not. You know, we um, talked about this in the last episode because we happen to be talking about disabilities then as well. Uh-huh. Right. And um, my, my contention is that there's a large group of people out there that when they're faced with um, someone that has a disability or what can be uh-huh. considered a disability um, that uh, they don't know how to talk. They don't know how to react and that they're actual internally. And you say that we keep everything's internal, you know, from forever. I think that a lot of them are ashamed of being in the position they are when they look at somebody that they deem to not be in the same position. I think that internally they beat themselves up to the point that they're ashamed of it and they have no way to even speak correctly. And to, to, to acknowledge it means that they have to be grateful for what they have, and nobody wants to be grateful right now. Or she's just stupid, because I gave her my ID because I went in there to buy a beer. Side note, I love every other state other than Pennsylvania. Anytime you can go into a CVS and buy a beer, that's all I wanted, one beer. I grabbed a beer, <laughs> I wanted a beer, I go up there, I give her my ID and my CVS card number. She saw my full name, she saw where I lived, and she oh, no, she. She's an idiot. I'm just talking about people in general. Yeah, not. <laughs> oh, no, I'm, I'm just letting you know, don't categorize. She is not in the understanding category. <laughs> She's in the stupid category. Uh, you know, it takes all. It, there's got to be mouth breathers, too. Bless her heart. Exactly. Exactly. You only know what you know. And, you know, some of us aren't. Who cares? You know, okay. the elevator doesn't make it to the top floor. It's okay. So tell me. Uh, I know this is your podcast, but like I'm very aggressive. So just tell me to slow my roll. What is it like being a Florida man? Give me one of your best Florida man stories. I go to Florida twice, sometimes three times a year. What part of Florida are you from? Give me a good Florida man story. Mm. And have you ever been that guy, that Florida man? Mm. So it's funny. Um, Florida is a place for transplants. It's also what people don't realize. Um, it's a place that doesn't snow. So if you're homeless and you had to pick somewhere to live, where would you go? Place that doesn't Florida. snow, right? Florida. I grew up. Uh, I grew up in a place called Okeechobee, Florida. Um, I've heard it's of it. Backwoods. Um, I grew up on a dairy in a field in a probably a 400, 500 square foot cinder block home with no front door. It was boarded shut. Windows were taped shut, um, and we had a uh, a well pump for water. Um, Okay. Long time we didn't have a fridge. Uh, for myself, I have seen damn near everything when it comes to Florida, um, especially mm-hmm. when you grow up there. Yes. <laughs> um, I don't know. They, they, I haven't. There's so many things, and I almost feel like Florida gets a bad rap because. And and we had uh, actually a uh, there's Florida Men on Florida Man is a podcast that we're friends with. We had uh, one of the guys on the other day, and he was saying that um, we have something called a sunshine law here. Um, uh, okay. And sunshine law means that, that you, anything that is, uh, anything you're arrested for is immediately is, is fair game for all the news. They're allowed to get immediate access to it. Whereas in other That's states, they thing? don't. Yeah. In Florida, they can really? just say everybody, they can report it immediately. 
hee-haws running down the street with, you know, <laughs> on meth, with no shirt on, you know, screaming, yelling the Star Spangled Banner, wearing roller skates. You know, well, that's... I mean, I just, I've seen that here. That's not newsworthy. Right. You know, I think, I think honestly, um, Florida is a lot of... God, I, I maybe people just forget that, that there's anything that... There's a lot of hold my beers. There's a lot right. of a lot of natural selection happens in Florida. I don't maybe if it's because that the, it's too hot or, you know, it, it just tends to happen quite a bit. But the worst thing I've ever done, uh, my yes. mom is going to my mom's going to fucking flip um, all of them. Worst thing I ever did was um, for a long time, I begged for money um, for change to be able to buy food when I would go with my friends uh, in a different city to go uh, hang out. I don't think I've ever said that to anybody in my life. That's the worst thing you've done is beg for money so you can hang out with your friends. I don't not, know. Is that is that bad? Begging I for change is not cool. I think it's very. Oh, no, I've done bad like, shit. I've done bad no, shit. No, it's it's uh, it's. I'm glad you told me that because even though I've had my rough goes, I've never wanted for anything. So to hear, I'm spoiled but not spoiled rotten because I still got jobs and everything. I've never heard somebody go up to their mom and say, I want money so I don't look weird in front of my friends. So that was, thank you for sharing that with me. Uh, did you get the money? Oh, yeah. Dude, I'm charming as hell. I may have been, you know, a, a dirty little scamp or whatever, but, I mean, you said it earlier, I got some blue eyes. Blue eyes get you a long way when you're when you're young. It's what you did. You said, I get a hug because I'm eight. I yes. said, can I get 50 cents because I'm cute? That's what I, I mean, did. I'm going to go home and say that to my mom and she'll be like, well, how old are you now? Like 29. So just, you know. Yeah. Now give me a hug. It's going to be great. So that's, thank you for sharing that with me. Wow. Wow. Well, yeah, you know, but it. I, it's funny because that actually came up. Uh, Eric and I were talking about that the other day and I told him for the first time, I think. And he said, I bet if you tell anybody, the majority of them will be shocked. The majority of people would never, ever, for some reason, wouldn't wouldn't take it that way. They would be uh, completely thrown off guard. And I told him I didn't think so. I was like, Is I, that, mean, it's, it, it's I guess it's a bigger deal than it seems. Yes. Sorry, what did you say? I'm so sorry. Oh, no, 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 no. I, I, I said, no, I said, I guess it's a bigger deal than it seems. But, you know, I, it's all about perspective, right? I mean, exactly. everybody... You don't know if the person behind you is that's riding your rear end and honking their horn is a jerk or they're trying to go to see their mom in the ER. So just let them. Let them go. Who cares? Well, I mean, we both in line, so. Oh, no, no, no. There's a difference. Now, if if you're if you're if they're traveling faster than you and it's an open road. Okay. Then let them go. If you're in line, how are you supposed to know? But I guess what my point is that um, everybody's got something running in the background. Amen. That, thank you for that Florida man story. It was not what I was hoping for. Well, I wanted a guy here, running down the street you. in a I'll tractor. I'm going to tell Wayne's story from when he was on. There's a phenomenon of a person that's called the shoe licker out near, um, out in Tampa, off of, out in, um, What's the area called? Um, <laughs> I, I'm being dead serious too. I know, um, I believe it. Yeah, and it's it's like some kind of it's not an urban legend because it actually happens. The guy doesn't okay. take pictures. Um, God, I'm not remembering the name of the area in Tampa, which is horrible because it's very very common. But um, he's known for showing up 
taking licking a shoe and then he leaves um doesn't take pictures anything like that but people have seen him apparently somebody went on reddit a long time ago and said they were the shoe licker and he got completely annihilated because they said the shoe licker would never take uh, credit for licking shoes <laughs> we live in a country where even even though there are hungry people which there should be we live in a country we're all entertainment is wondering if the identity of a shoe licker is of importance. But is that any less real than anything else that we do? No, it can't be. Let's think about it. We're, Uh, we're animals, right? We're animals. That's true. We are animals, right? Okay. And we do some really ridiculous shit as animals for no reason whatsoever. Exactly. I agree with that. So hopping on one foot or checking your mail you know, is no different than licking a shoe or, you know, drawing a picture. If that's your talent, that's what makes you happy in the morning, man. Rock on with your bad self. Go lick a shoe. Yes. I mean, you're going to get infected, maybe. There could be some gastrointestinal issues, but that's your life. Well, what if um, maybe he built up an immunity? Maybe licking a small portion of a shoe a day made him actually not have to worry about the pandemic. Well, see, that... Oh, see, see, I blew your mind, didn't I? Although I will say, so I told you, my mom's a foster parent. We had a baby with us from the time he was three weeks old until he was uh, one and a half. He licked a shoe, my mom's shoe, and immediately got sick the next day. So Your your mom worked in a hospital, for God's sakes. That's that's probably the last shoe you want to lick. No, she does home care. Oh, okay. We had just come from Florida. My mom hasn't worked in a hospital in years. But she... uh, we actually come from Florida, and we're just sitting on the cat chilling. He goes over, picks up the shoe, and licks it. And my mom's like, what is wrong with you? And he was one of the most mature one-year-olds I know. And because we say, I don't know a lot, he looked at my mom, that one-year-old, and went, I don't know. And walked away. <laughs> and he got himself a shoe virus. Exactly, for three days. He had a fever. They said my mom's in 104. Like, it was really high. And wow. it was right when COVID like exploded, and she's like, "I don't want to take him to the hospital," but I'm right, and I'm like, "That means I'm gonna have to lock myself in my room for like two weeks because you don't know what we got." But by the third day, he was good. Oh, poor guy! I guess he's not gonna be looking many shoes anymore. I don't know. He did some weird stuff. He was a beautiful baby. Everywhere we went, oh. he was loved. Like my mom has this thing. I think the reason why people like us and all of her foster kids and adopted, she's really big on eye contact and look at me when I'm talking to you. And people don't, from what she says, don't really do eye contact. So when we look at you, and he's he's been that way, and I think that's important. I'm like taking over the podcast. It's a windows I to the soul. No, this show is for you. You're here. This is this is for you to tell your story. You come on here. People want to know about you. What is it that you're you know you're doing? You you have your YouTube channel. You seems like you're helping a lot of people. If you you want to plug any upcoming shows, or do you have any guests that you'd like to talk about that people could go in and listen to a specific episode? Um. Yeah. So, what well, depends. What's this podcast going to come out? It'll come out on Monday, or actually next Monday. It'll be uh, two Mondays from now, or one Monday from now. Mm. No, you don't have to plug it. Just uh, uh, what I'm, what I'm, what just what you said is good. Um, I'm just a person that likes to make people happy. I like to tell stories uh, from my life and hopefully make people laugh. Uh, I'm really enjoying talking to you. I do want to know if, do you need another host with you? Because Eric 
is no longer there. That's a great question. That's a great question. Are you asking if if I want you to be my co-host? I mean, of course. The worst thing anyone can say is no. Or I'll think about it. Anybody that comes on the show is a co-host. I will say that. Um, You are here as a co-host. And you're welcome back anytime. Oh, I understand. So the answer is no. That is okay. No, 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 no. Don't pay me like that. No, No, that's awesome. No, You're welcome anytime. 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 You, I've, go ahead. So you said you're married. Do you have a family of your own? Do you have kids? A dog? I do have a dog. I have a bull mastiff named Riley. She's about 100 pounds. She uh, she farts all the time. It smells awful. Yes. Like oh. awful, awful, like death. Um, and then just me and my wife. And she's my best friend. See, that's what it is. I don't want kids. I didn't, never said you didn't want them, but I know I don't. Kids are amazing, but they take a lot of work. And you do. You have to know. You, you have to know that going in. That's for sure. They ruin everything in the best <laughs> way possible. But still, uh, this is. I'm just having so much fun. You're the first person that has asked me to be on the podcast. A podcast. I'm so used to doing other people. You're the first one, and I was giddy. Like I was so excited. So so was I. I'm telling you, um, I showed my wife your uh, your videos and stuff, and she's like, you can't not have her on. It's just not possible. You have to have her on. This is this is where she's supposed to be. Did you see the video I did with the guy that stole a package off our porch? I saw that that was, was up there. I have not watched it yet. So let's do this. I think that's a great way to get people to your page. Tell me about this video, and then we'll wrap up. And that's the way they can get out there and check you out. What do you think? That's perfect. Okay. So um, last summer, someone stole a package off of our porch. Porch pirate. But the porch pirate. But here's the thing. We have cameras everywhere. He knew we had cameras. He just didn't know where they were. So this idiot calls himself getting on his stomach and only crawling up the steps <laughs> on our porch to get the package. What was and in this package? Video. Oh, wait, wait. Keep going. Keep going. Yes. Are you ready for what's in the package? $5 sugar-free coffee creamer. I knew it. See, if nowadays, it, so back in the day, that would have been a video game system because you ordered stuff that cost money. Right. But now you're going to get somebody's like butt wipes. Yes. <laughs> robbing their doorstep. You're whisking jail for somebody's exactly. cotton nails. And mind you, he's stealing from me, but he has a T-shirt on that says black owned businesses. And I'm like, you were taking my business, sir. I mean, it's only coffee cleaner, but still, this is fine. I have that video, I and you'll see others. I have one. I did one on Karens that are really popular. Uh, I think I said the reason why so many Karens don't like black people is because their wives, their husbands are cheating on them with the black man, and they don't know what to do after that. Ooh, wow. So you basically told all the Karens they were getting cucked in the world. Exactly. They were getting some, they were getting some BBC and when they go home, they call the black guy's name out in bed and the husband's like, wait, what? That is what the problem is. All right. So that was just jazz facing yes. adversity, one interview at a time. And uh go there and see if you can get cucked too. Uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> uh Twitter handle is uh the real jazz brown. That's J A Z, right? Yes, sir. And also on Instagram at the Real Jazz Brown. Uh, anything you want to tell anyone else out there? Uh, 
you talking about being your authentic self. Be you. Even if everybody else doesn't like you, there is somebody for everybody. There is a group for everybody. Don't be afraid to be you. Don't be afraid to laugh, even if it's a cackle. I still, <laughs> still, I still haven't heard it. Uh, just be you. Uh, all my friends make fun of me because when I laugh, they say I sound like Elmo on crack. And, and I don't, <laughs> am I going to let that stop me? No. Me and Crackhead Elmo are going at it. I love it. Embrace your inner Elmo. And, and don't be afraid to cry. That's the other thing. And allow yourself to feel things. I'm learning through therapy. Feeling it. Just don't stay in it. Feel it. Yeah, let it be when it's there. Because if you don't feel it, it will manifest in other ways. And you won't know how. You won't know why. But it will come back. Yeah, I'll add to that. Meditate. Everybody should be meditating. With marijuana. I'm kidding. I'm no, kidding. Um, I, this, this, po- this podcast wholeheartedly induce, or uh, excuse induce. me. Yeah, induce. We, um, we definitely support medical marijuana, CBD, and um, I'm an advocate for it. I use it. Um, most, I know a ton of people that do. I think that um, the entire country was held... Uh, hostage to Big Pharma when we could have been using the greatest thing to uh, work with the mind. It is great. I love it. It's, like I said, medical marijuana. Don't do that other stuff, because if you do, you'll see chickens walking over you. And I'll leave it at that. <laughs> okay, so don't smoke any chicken walking weed. Alright, All right. thanks everybody. Yes. Thank you so much for coming in, Jazz. I really appreciate you being here. Thank you. Uh, I'm going to follow all of this on yeah, Twitter, right? Absolutely. It's tragedy underscore academy. All right. Oh, I see. All right. Thanks so much for coming in. All right. And remember, everybody, be cool and keep learning. Amen. Hey, academics. Thanks for attending another class at the Tragedy Academy. You can show us some love by rating us five stars on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. On Amazon Alexa, ask to listen to the Tragedy Academy podcast. Please visit our website at thetragedyacademy.com where you'll find past interviews and blogs on our homepage and sign up for our newsletter, Spam with Extra Great. We're on Facebook at The Tragedy Academy Podcast, on Twitter at Tragedy underscore Academy, and on Instagram at The Tragedy Academy 2019, where we'll post recent shows, blog entries, and thoughts. Submit creative work and funny stories to us at our website or on social media. Thanks again for coming to class. And remember, be cool and keep learning. What's up, academics? This is Jay. I'm here to talk to you about Into the AM. This is a clothing and apparel company that I came across last year that has the absolute coolest designs. And the reason why I was attracted to it is because I grew up without a lot of money, like many others, and had to shop on that outlet rack with the irregular items. Things like the fly was over four inches to the left, or the right sleeve would be twice the size of the left. It looked like I was growing horizontally. Like, it's okay, honey, you'll grow into your left arm. So you really don't get a chance to express yourself the way that you want to. You go into life, you start putting on suits, you start putting on uniforms, and you realize you'd never had a chance to truly express yourself. Enter into the AM, a team of artists and creators who share a common vision. They see clothing as a canvas to express what drives you. Since 2012, 
They've developed premium apparel that elevates self-expression and provides unparalleled comfort for wherever your passions take you. Into the AM's passion for change is the driving force behind their brand. They remain committed to creating products that inspire and promote self-expression by partnering with like-minded organizations focused on giving back to communities in need. Last year, they donated 1% of all revenue from their graphic tees collection to the Art of Elysium charity. The Art of Elysium is an artist organization built on the idea that through service, art becomes a catalyst for social change. For over 24 years, the Art of Elysium has paired volunteer artists with communities to support individuals in the midst of difficult emotional life changes. They currently offer 110 community programs per month, serving over 30,000 individuals per year. The only permanent thing in life is change. Supporting charities dedicated to helping those going through these changes, trials, and tribulations require a never-ending commitment. The onus is on us as creators to affect change through our true, authentic talents, and Into the AM is the model of how this is done. Their clothes are handcrafted with care. They have a team of skilled artisans that craft each garment with the highest quality fabrics and eco-friendly inks. Not to mention, these things don't shrink, they don't fade, and they fit as if they were designed supernaturally. I'm stopped every time I wear one of the graphic tees to find out where I got it. The colors attract attention from miles, and the art is nothing short of spectacular, with designs for everyone. One of my personal favorites, Twilight Midden. Go take a look. Into the AM does all of this while putting their money where their mouth is. 30-day money-back guarantee, lightning-fast shipping, and hassle-free returns. The deals are endless. Graphic tee bundles, discount promo codes. Get over there. Check it out. I'm highlighting the tees. But I'd be remiss to not mention that if you want to walk around in the absolute most comfortable shorts, joggers, and basic tees, hit up into the end. I even wear the basics to the gym. Head on over to the tragedyacademy.com, go to our sponsors tab, and follow the affiliate link to the Into the AM store. Help support Into the AM and the Tragedy Academy by purchasing the absolute best apparel and the best designs ever. And remember, academics, be cool and keep learning.